You're listening to the Art Cityscape. Welcome to another episode of the Art Cityscape podcast. On today's episode, Mayor Matt Packard is joined by Public Safety Director and Police Chief Lance Haight. Chief Haight shares the tenets that are important to him and his officers. He discusses some things about the history and organization of the fire department and emergency services, and touches on some of the issues facing our community. Before we get into that, I want to highlight the Springville Art Festival, which is coming up on September 9th and 10th at the Civic Center. It will be a great event for all ages with professional artists, food, chalk art, plein air painting, activities, live music performance, and more. If you bring kids, they will go home with a bag full of fun and free items. So mark your calendars, bring your family and friends, and enjoy that activity on Friday the 9th and Saturday the 10th at the Civic Center. Here's the mayor's discussion. Well, we'd like to welcome you to our podcast. We try to do these on a regular basis, hopefully each month, to address some of the concerns or questions or areas of interest that our citizens uh, sometimes ask us questions on or we feel like that needs to be put out to the community a little bit better than just word of mouth. And so we try to use this uh, media or medium of exchange so that you can become aware of, of things that are going on. Two things that before we get started with our wonderful police chief, we appreciate him being here. But uh, we just a couple updates. Uh, we have lots of questions in relationship to Springville's situation with water. It continues to be just fine. Uh, we do not have to ration. We don't have to worry in relationship to limiting our use of water. We just ask you not to waste water and to be very sensitive about it. And we know that lots of communities are in a situation where they have to do rationing, but we are not in a situation. So we ask you to use what water you want to and need to, but most of all, don't waste water. And I think that's good good advice for any time, any, any era. The second thing I want to mention very quickly, we've had some questions in relationship to lots of the uh, drilling that's going on in some of the sidewalks and on the roadways lots of trucks and lots of cones that are out there. That's Google Fiber being put in. And uh, it's certainly moving from the north end of our community and is now entering the south end. I saw that they were on 900 South, uh, heading up toward uh, between uh, Main Street and 400 East. And uh, we're all very, very excited to have it. You can check their website to see when it becomes available, when they'll turn it on for your, uh, your home. So just go to their website and you can look it up. And I don't have the web... Uh, address, but uh, just look at uh, for Google Fiber. And uh, so again, well, we appreciate uh, Chief Haight uh, being here with us. We appreciate his time and attention. We're going to talk a little bit about public safety and those things that perhaps you as citizens have concerned about. So just as an opening, I'd just like to have uh, Chief Haight to maybe introduce himself so that you can become familiar with him and uh, what his background is. So do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you came from, and... and uh, Sure. Here, so I'm uh, Chief Lance Haight. I always start off by saying that I was born here in Utah County. Um, my parents were living in Orem at the time. I went to Orem Elementary for kindergarten. Uh, then my parents moved to Boise, Idaho, where I went through all of my schooling, graduated high school, went to a year of college at Boise State, and then I uh, served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Rochester, New York, uh, during which time my parents moved to California, so uh, when I returned from my mission, I went to California to live there and went to school, 
uh, met my wife there. Uh, um, I joined law enforcement uh, a few years after that and uh, did 23 years of policing in the San Francisco and Oakland areas uh, before coming here to Springville to become chief. Well, I'm sure you have lots of stories. Yeah. Lots of stories. So Some I try to forget. <laughs> well, we're grateful that you're here. We appreciate you and your temperament and uh, just your leadership here with uh, the police department. So let's talk a little bit about uh, public safety. People obviously are always concerned about the police. We certainly want them to be uh, present in our community. And can you maybe talk a little bit about the philosophy of your officers, how what you tell them, how to approach citizens, and just the attitude that you ask them to talk to the citizens about? Are they? Are you trying to get them to be aggressive? Are you trying to get them to be uh, down home and, and uh, kind of part of the community? Just talk a little bit about how you uh, uh, encourage your officers to approach the city. So I really follow two major tenets, two major philosophies for policing. And the first is Sir Robert Peel, and he's the founder of modern-day policing. He formed the London Metropolitan Police Force, and he has nine principles of policing, and they really ring, they're really they timeless. They really ring true today. Uh, some of the just basic principles are that uh, in order for police officers to serve the community, they have to be respected by the community. So the, the community gives the police officers the power to, to police in the area, and that's still true today. If we didn't have community support, then we wouldn't be effective in our community. Uh, the, another one of his tenets is that the, the police are the, the, the people or the community, and the community are the police. So we need to make sure that as a police officer, we're in the community, we're very much a part of the community, but then the community also helps us in our efforts to, to, to do policing. So that's one major bookend of my policing. That's a very brief summary. And the other end, uh, end of the spectrum is... Uh, uh, a number of years ago, not that long ago, um, uh, within the last decade, the, uh, the President of the United States put together a task force on 21st century policing. He brought the greatest minds uh, in the nation on policing together, and they came up with uh, tenets or principles of policing. And it's interesting to see how they, they mirror the, the principles from Sir Robert Peel. Uh, the, the major points of 21st century policing is that we treat everybody with dignity, dignity and respect, that we try to resolve issues um, uh, without the use of force. We try to de-escalate whenever possible. So those are the things that I, that I uh, teach my officers and, and that I espouse as my philosophy. Uh, I, there's, I believe there's, there's really power in words. And um, ever since policing got started, we're referred to in two ways. We're referred to as public servants so I think that's a key for police officers is to serve the community. Um, we're also called peace officers. And I, I feel it's so important that we bring peace uh, rather than chaos into a situation uh, and try to resolve things peacefully. So I, those are my philosophies, to treat everyone with dignity and respect, uh, to bring in peace, and to uh, continue to enjoy the support of our community. During our city days, I had a chance to go to lots of the events and uh, saw your police officers there, and and I just really admired their approach to the public because you know sometimes we see on TV the hard hitting policemen and all the the violence and the the uh, aggressiveness of the policemen, and 
And I, I just reflected as I watched your officers interact with the community and how gentle and kind and thoughtful they were. I actually took a picture down when they were doing the uh, the glow dance down to the Clyde Center, and we I, I watched a officer kneeling down to one of the young children and and giving him some candy or some some tokens or something, just just an expression of appreciation. So it was beautiful to be able to see that interaction with your officers. Well, talk a little bit about um, just um, what you see in our community as far as things that our citizens should be aware of. You know, we see a lot on TV. We hear a lot in the news in relationship to things that go around in communities around us. And while we're all susceptible to whatever, Mm -hmm. tell us what you would encourage our citizens to be most sensitive to in, in our environment. Well, if you look at uh, statistics, so Utah is a safe state compared to other states in, in, the, in the country. And then Springville, compared to the rest of Utah, we're, we're uh, on the safer end, too. So Springville is very a very safe place to live, generally. Uh, safe from violent crime, safe from property crime. That isn't to say that we do have some crime here in Springville. We absolutely do. So things that you can do is uh, the number one thing is just to be aware of your surroundings and to just exercise a degree of caution. Uh, some people may just be out of the habit of uh, locking their car doors or locking their, their home doors, uh, but that's always just a good precaution to take. Now, by no means is are people uh, uh, at risk of getting broken into every day. That just doesn't happen here in Springville. Um, but on occasion, it could happen, so just take basic precautions uh, to lock your doors or lock your car. Just be aware of your surroundings. And uh, the, the saying goes, if you see something, say something. So we, uh, the Springville Police Department, work here on duty 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so if you see something suspicious, uh, call our dispatch and we'll, we'll send an officer to check it out. Um, talk a little bit about in relationship to uh, you're our public safety officer. You also have responsibility with the fire. Do you want to talk a little bit about what the changes that are going on with the fire department and how that the coverage and the opportunity to serve the community has changed over the last year or two years? Sure. So it's new to me to be the director of public safety and so to oversee the, the fire department. We do have a fire chief, and an awesome fire chief, Chief uh, Hank Clinton. Uh, but he in, in our command structure, he, re, he reports to me and then I report to, to the mayor. Uh, so I'm... I, like I said, it's new to me, so I'm learning about the fire industry, and I'm learning about Springville. So uh, 100 years ago, Springville had a, volu- a strictly volunteer fire department, and that's great. The, the community came together, and uh, they, they did some training, had some equipment, and, and when a house caught on fire, they, they rallied uh, community support and tried to put the fire out. So, mm-hmm. so it's been interesting to see how that's evolved over time. So Chief Clinton's been here for about 12 years. And when he was hired on, he was the full-time employee at the, at the, the fire department. He's been slowly growing the department since then. So, so now we have um, uh, 10 full-time employees at the fire department. And so we've been in an evolution or a transition from 100% volunteer to now more uh, full-time staff. But we still rely heavily on our volunteers uh, from the community. We don't have as many volunteers as we used to have. It's just a different uh, time in our society. People are busier. It's difficult to, to, to do the training and things required. But we absolutely do appreciate our volunteers. 
Uh, we hope to gain more full-time staff in the near future. We've applied for a federal grant. It's called the the Safer Grant through through FEMA, and we should be hearing about that in the next month or, n- next month or two as to whether or not we are awarded that grant. And what that grant would do it would allow us to, to hire an additional six full-time employees uh, for a three three-year period. So that'd be an excellent opportunity if we are able to secure that grant funding. Um, we, uh, all of our firefighters um, are also EMTs or paramedics. And so they, like many cities throughout the country, they don't re- respond just to fires. They, re- they also respond to medical calls. Yeah, that's one thing I think that the citizens ought to know is that the coverage for ambulance uh, services and, and emergency services has certainly increased dramatically. Mm-hmm. Not only the request for it as the uh, city grows, but also our availability to deliver those services all 24-7. And do you want to talk a little bit about how that works as far as staffing goes and, and how the coverage works? So Sure. Uh, just not too long ago, we made a great step. It, uh, previously, it was that uh, in our transition from strictly volunteer to professional, uh, not long ago, uh, any ambulance calls at night, our volunteers or our reserve firefighters were responding from home. So it would take a little extra time to, to get the call, go from home, go to the station, pick up the, the ambulance, and then go on the medical call or the fire call. Uh, and then about a year ago was when we transitioned to uh, having people on duty at the station um, 24-7. So we have, we have dorms where the firefighters and, and EMTs can sleep now. And so now we have people on duty at the station. So at night now we have an ambulance crew that's on duty at the station so that you can either respond to a fire or an ambulance directly from the station. So that's a, that's a big step in our evolution in the fire department. It is. And I think it's important that the citizens understand that this change from uh, volunteer part-time to, to full-time is as a result of the city getting larger and having more and more calls. And it puts such a tremendous burden on the volunteers. The volunteers... Me growing up in Springville, I mean, they are and have been the very core of our our of our uh, of our town and and volunteerism. They've just been such an integral part, and and the volunteer fire departments and paramedics have just been wonderful. <clears throat> but the burden has become greater and greater to where it's kind of moved us in the direction of where it lightens their load and makes it so that we have somebody and can respond in a little bit uh, more uh, a quick manner and that sort of thing. Okay. Yeah, so it's interesting what you just said about uh, the the burden on the volunteers is that it used to be a number of years ago that our volunteers at night would uh, some nights wouldn't receive any calls for service, any fires or medical calls. Uh, but then as the as the city grows, there's the greater demands, and so then we started getting uh, on on average one call a night, two call a nights, three call a night. So it's very difficult for somebody who's volunteering. For this, they've got a day job during the day, and now they're getting called out two, sometimes three times a night, uh, and each call takes one to two hours. So on a busy night, three calls, you're not getting any sleep that night, and so it was uh, very burdensome for them. So so now we're transitioning more to we again we have full time staff on duty at night uh, for the medical calls, but if we get a fire, we'll still call our reserves uh, from home, and they'll come help because it takes more people to staff a, sure. a fire engine than it does to respond to a medical call. You're right. Well, let's just ask one more question if you if, if uh, you don't mind answering it. It's in relationship to kind of the trend of our society and uh, things that are going on with lots of people in relationship to suicide. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we find ourselves thinking that, you know, we're just um, having more of them in our community. 
but what we're finding is if you look at the statistics, this is happening all across Utah and all across our country. Uh, you mentioned something before we started the broadcast in relationship to something that's just developed. Would you like to explain that to the citizens? Absolutely. So mental health certainly is a, a national issue. Uh, and so nationally, they're addressing it through a new um, service. It's You can either call, text, or chat to 988. So it used to be a, a, a 10-digit number, but now you can just call 988. Uh, and it's, it's a lifeline for people who are feeling suicidal or who are in some type of an emotional crisis. So again, it's a, it's a national, so it, does, it doesn't matter where you're calling from. So you can absolutely call from Utah, dial 988, text 988, or you can chat on, from their website, and then you'll be connected with somebody uh, that, can, that can speak with them. So that's a great resource they're offering. And, and their, their webpage also offers, uh, offers information about um, uh, how we can help people who are in crisis. So even if, if I'm not a trained counselor, um, or psychologists, there's some there's some just basic things that we can do to help with mental health of, with the people around us, and a lot of it just has to do with caring about people and asking them how they're doing, and to, to sincerely ask and to to listen to their answers, and if they're struggling with something, offer the the help that you can help, and if it's beyond your capabilities, uh, then reach out to e- either through 988 or other resources to to get people the help they, help they need. Yeah, well, I think it's part of our community and just being able to help each other and assist each other in a community way. We, as we've talked before, we're a very tight-knit community. We love each other. We protect each other. We we help each other where we possibly can. And uh, whether it's uh, sandbagging somebody who needs it sandbagged to protect their home <clears throat> or it's to help somebody who has some, some mental challenges and whatnot, we just need to do everything we can to assist and help each other and to be aware of our neighbors and take care of them. So. Anything else that you'd like to add for our citizens while while we wrap up here? I'm just uh, grateful to be a part of this community. It's awesome to be here and to feel the support from the community, and it's great for our officers to be a part of that community as well. And we really do absolutely care about the people that we serve here in Springville. And so uh, whenever you need our help, uh, call us, please. And uh, we, we absolutely do feel the, the, the support from our, from our community uh, on a daily basis. And my last comment is, is that, uh, over the last few years, we've heard lots of talk about defunding the police. Mm. Well, that ain't going to happen here. <clears throat> we certainly actively, and as far as the city council goes, reflected to you on more than one occasion our support for you and our appreciation for you and and uh, all that the policemen that go through and, and uh, just how they treat the, the town. We deeply appreciate it. So thank you very much. Well, thank you. And I, I couldn't be more proud of the, the men and women that serve through the uh, Springville Police Department and Fire Department. Uh, they're, they're great people. We, we appreciate having them. Thank you so much, Chief. All right. That's it for this podcast. Don't forget the Springville Art Festival on September 9th and 10th at the Civic Center. Thank you for listening, and a big thank you to the Mayor and Chief Haight. Until next time, keep making Springville the great community it is.